Hello. Hello. And welcome to take two of episode 14 of Just Another Football Podcast. With me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Bettley. Why does it take two, Danny? Because we just recorded uh, the first four minutes of the podcast uh, and I looked at my Mac and realised that Josh's mic was not working. Which is <laughs> probably to the benefit of the listeners. Yeah, probably. I mean, that would have been probably my favourite podcast that we've recorded so far. Well, thank you. That, that makes me feel been... like a very valued member of the yeah. team. <laughs> no, you are definitely very valued. Um, okay. We've been getting notifications all morning from different things. Uh, the first one has been this, uh, that Robbie Keane has retired, but we won't be talking about that. I just thought I'd allude to it. And the other one is this Irish team. Tell us about this Irish team, Josh. Um, yeah, they held a minute's silence for a player who was still alive. That's... It's... I mean, you have to be stupid, don't you? To they do thought he died in a traffic accident, but it turns out he was alive just in Portugal. I mean, what's he doing in Portugal if he plays for this Irish team? How can he afford to go to Portugal if he uh, plays He is Portuguese. Him? Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I saw it was the first thing I read this morning when I'd woken up, so I didn't really compute it properly. Um, oh, well. But it just made me chuckle. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, anyway, let's crack on with the Premier League games. Uh, first of all, Leicester versus Brighton uh, finished ones each. I mean, we've already spoken about this, but... We'll do it again. Unfortunately, we're going to have to do it again. Yes, um, but um, I mean, we're still not going to be able to understand what this stat means. But Glenn Murray made his hundredth appearance in the Premier League uh, at 35 years and 60 days. He's the ninth oldest outfield player to reach the milestone in the competition. Okay, so they have to be making their hundredth game in the Premier League older than 35 years and 60 days. Okay. Yes, that's what I'm taking from yes. that. But that might be wildly wrong. Well, I wonder who the other eight players are. That'll be interesting. I was thinking maybe Crouch, but then actually he played quite a lot, he played for, a lot for Liverpool, Liverpool. and Spurs, Portsmouth, uh, Portsmouth, Stoke, Stoke. He's got 100 Premier League goals, Peter Crouch. Mm, you've got to think of people that maybe came over at an older age. Van der Sar, maybe. No, he played for Fulham. He yeah. was like regular for Fulham, wasn't he? No. Um, mm. Murray scored again. He's he playing did. well. He is. Um, but the big talking point was Madison's red card. Um, second one was obviously quite harsh because he went down, but it's still a penalty. Still a penalty? Uh, it's still a red card, sorry. Yes. It's still a red card. <coughs> I think he wanted a penalty. He, well, did he, want he a penalty. said, hasn't he, on Twitter afterwards that he was anticipating contact, but like. Yeah, don't, don't no, do that. No, don't, don't do that. Or um, if you're going to dive, make it look convincing. Because he was sort of like, yeah, he sort. Of, well, again, like it was just inexperienced. It's how I imagine, I imagine like a a baby duck falling over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. Uh, again, one day we might get to video recording this podcast, and so you can see Josh's duck falling over impression. Yeah. Um, in real life we'll invest in a paddling pool and everything yeah. just so I could fall in <laughs> that would be great yeah, um, yeah I, thought, I just thought it was an experience uh, he was on a second <coughs> yellow and bear in mind I think it was fairly early he got sent off like first half hour or something yeah. like that um, he he didn't leave his team in, in is it his first game back from injury uh, well yeah because he didn't yeah, play so, on the break yeah, did he point to prove maybe just a little bit sort of 
I don't know. Too the much thing is that I, th- I think he can afford to have one or two games where he yeah, doesn't yeah. play very well. No, no, I meant maybe from like his point of view, thinking, oh, I've been out a little bit. Like I've got to ah, make okay, a difference here. Like, yeah. Um, later in the game, uh, there was a penalty for Leicester. Uh, Ian Acho, but he was mm-hmm. offside. We saw later Stonewall on Stonewall penalty based on the challenge, but he was offside. So yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait. What you said before, like VAR. Is going to come in and clear up these decisions and less, but however, however, Leicester did deserve that goal and, and Vardy dispatched it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Thought Leicester were really good in the second half. Um, they always, uh, I find with Leicester, right, they're quite an interesting team because I find that when they go behind, they actually start to play. And I don't know if that's Puel like urging them on to play better or if they're just, but I find that when they do go behind, they actually sort of play a little bit better yeah um, it happens doesn't it yeah Glenn you get, sort of, the, you get sort of that second wind I think like if you've had someone sent off it's almost like oh we've got one less player this is going to be impossible got to put a lot of effort in yeah and actually yeah the team with 11 maybe psychologically switch off a little bit yeah definitely definitely I am um, I thought that was the case with Brighton anyway. Glenn Murray's sort of carrying them over. They're sat in 12th at the minute on 15 points, I think. Then how often is that the difference between the teams that stay up and teams yeah, that go definitely. down? Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, that. I mean, the teams that are in that bottom three or bottom five, I would say I would say bottom six, I would include Newcastle in that. Did they have a goal scorer, a regular goal scorer? Mitrovic? He didn't then score he's it, their barren run has coincided with him not scoring yeah exactly um, like Charlie Austin Shane Long they're not scoring I mean do you think Republic of Ireland wish that Glenn Murray was Irish yes because of all the home nations they're the one team that don't have a centre forward option you'd even say that Northern Ireland have better centre forward yeah. options than Republic of well, Ireland well I don't think they've it's been a while since they've had I mean Robbie Keane we said we weren't going to yeah. talk about him but since Robbie Keane I don't think they've had anyone Shane Long he's never really been no. prolific has he um, all in all like just a fairly average Premier League game I have to say mm-hmm. uh, alright next up uh, Manchester United versus, versus Crystal Palace this was worse yeah this was bad we're getting the two worst games out first uh, Juan Mata made his 200th appearance in all competitions for Man United on Saturday uh, the Spaniard has been involved in more goals than any other player for the for Man United since his debut 72 that's 42 goals and 30 assists well considering how uh, frequently they're not finding the net at the moment that's uh, quite an impressive achievement yeah definitely uh, I, I want to talk about Mourinho first uh, pretty much he said as in uh, in his press conference on Friday I think it was or Thursday he said that by January or by the close of this year they will be in the top four but they're miles away they're so far away We've got a question from Ollie actually on on Instagram. It's an interesting one. How far are Manchester United away from mounting a serious title challenge? Um, there's not a word that describes it because at the moment I'd say they're not even top five contenders. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like I'll- that, Palace had the better chances. They didn't. United didn't play. They well, have. They were saying. They said it. I saw it briefly on match of the day, and last night after Champions League, they don't have a plan. 
they lump it into the box towards Fellaini yeah. but they've got players who can play football yeah but oh, look- like I think uh, I can't remember who it was it might have been Sari was like Man United have probably individually like the best team in the Premier League mm-hmm Pogba, Lukaku obviously hasn't scored at home since March or something ridiculous like that. Um, like Mata, Sanchez, Martial, Rashford. Like on their day, all these players are quality. But at the moment, Sanchez is just not the same player in a Man United shirt that he was in an Arsenal shirt. Um, Rashford is being played out of position, in my opinion, which is why he's not. I mean, mm-hmm. last night in the Champions League, he missed, and Mourinho turned to the crowd and just shook his head. And like, that's not. But he, he's, he's he was 20. Their, he was their best outlet yesterday. He was their best player in the first half. He was the only one. Yeah. Moving. Well, he's better through the middle. Like, mm-hmm. like I've said before, in my opinion. Um, and the the soon like I'm not saying that he can't play out on the wing, but it needs to be like a sporadic thing. I don't yeah. think he should be playing there week in week out. He needs to. He's 20 years old. He needs to learn his trade through the middle. Um, and uh, it's not just with Man United I have to say he plays out there for England as well and I think it's a mistake yeah I'd say with England it's a little bit different because he's more like an inside forward he plays, spends a lot of his time inside because the fullbacks provide yeah. the width but at United it, the wide players stay wide in general yeah um, because they have they appear to have fixed positions yeah, like and it's yeah. not fluid at all. That, no. that Man United actually, team. Palace should have won. Palace had the better chances. Yeah, definitely. Van Aanholt should have scored in the first half. Townsend um, in the second half as ta- well. Yeah, definitely. Um, but a couple of couple of disallowed goals as well. Kiyate had one. Uh, he's offside. He is offside. But took the linesman so long to put his flag up. I, I listened to this one on the radio on Saturday, uh, or bits of it anyway, and uh, they guys on Five Live were sure that it was a goal and then mm-hmm. it, when you watch the replay the goal's in Kiyata's off celebrating and then he puts his flag up it's crazy really like is that does that take longer than what pretty much what VAR is gonna yeah exactly take? exactly um, Lukaku also had a disallowed goal is he offside did you see it no I've not seen this one it wasn't included in the little highlights package the, the that problem I that I have is that you're supposed to give the striker the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. now arguably I would say that he is onside and so that it's that they, you say that that you're supposed to give the attacker the benefit of the doubt but how often does that actually happen never <laughs> never uh, I I it's so tight I can see why the linesman's flagged but I can also if it was given I wouldn't begrudge him mm-hmm. giving it either a um, couple of other things the Milivojevic injury which was oh. grim do you see Ian Wright was sort of sticking up a little bit for Fellaini he said because obviously Fellaini's gone to pass the ball as he, he's passed the ball away and then obviously when you pass the ball your foot goes follows through yeah um, and then it sort of landed on his ankle but I st- I still think it's a red card because it's because of the outcome. The outcome is he is it's a leg breaker of a tackle, isn't it? Yeah. Um I It's the only way you're going to get rid of it. Yeah. But I would say because he's because he's won the ball and he's passed yeah. it and he's followed through I think that it's not a red because of that because it is just an accident. Mhm. Whereas you see a lot of players going 
and they don't make contact with the ball they don't and they just get the player yeah that is when I feel it's a red card so I, I felt like the Fellaini one wasn't because he he got the ball he got the ball cleanly yeah and then he went through on Milivojevic it but was a horrible don't, injury you'd understand what, if yeah. it was given but Definitely. then last night this is only an example because I've seen it recently Mata makes a slide tackle takes the ball cleanly but then takes the man out and a free kick's given and it's a bit like well, he's taking the ball. What's he supposed to do? He's sliding on wet well, grass. Well, it's, it's always ball before man, isn't it? Yeah. So um, it's more inconsistency. That's uh... yeah. It's it's annoying. Um, to last night, um, Mourinho again. We'll talk about Mourinho because this is the only thing that we talk about when we talk about Man United. Unfortunately, uh, obviously Fellaini scored. It was a handball. Firstly, shouldn't have counted. But ah, I've not seen that. Have you not? No, I've seen the goal, but I didn't notice that he pushes the. It pushes the ball forward with his hand uh, I think okay. it's kind of like an accident but it's not a goal yeah it's, it's, great finish they're though. thinking of changing the rule you know to um, if you gain any advantage whether it's uh, whether you mean to touch not. the ball yeah. or not um, it's going to be flagged um, that would I think next season that would have been ruled out because mm-hmm. of VAR um, but Mourinho obviously Fellaini scores he throws the bottles he, what was that all about what a fucking twat uh, and then um, and then post-match with no prompting at all in two separate press conference, conferences may I add as well he then talks about oh, to all my fans and statisticians out there uh, I've won uh, 14 times I've played in the Champions League 14 times I've gotten to the last 16 uh, and the two seasons I didn't play in there I've won the Europa League and it's like mate no one asked you Yeah, like, no one asked you that question what you mean no, like that for? No one cares. That's <laughs> yeah. like Liverpool fans being like, oh, we're the best team in England because we won 20 titles and won the European Cup like five times in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Great. 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 Good That's not this bro. season, is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, it just... That wasn't a disrespect to Liverpool fans, by Yes, the it way. was, Josh. Just it's all Liverpoolians. Uh, <laughs> Shh, I live here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just... Uh, interesting question that was on uh, BT Sport last night, Gary Lineker asked, is like... Did tonight save Mourinho's job, do you think? Or is it their league form that's the problem? Um, I mean, I think because they've got through to the last 16, I think that'll probably keep him in his job. It's a difficult one. Because of who they've got in charge, Ed Woodward, he's 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 not a footballing man, is he? No, not at all. And like financially, it doesn't make sense to get rid of him because I imagine that his um, release clause package is... Yeah, it'll be astronomical. astronomically yeah. lots more than I'll ever earn in my lifetime, yeah, probably. probably. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I think he's safe. Yeah, I think he's safe for the minute. I still think yeah. he'll go pre Christmas if results don't pick up in the league after a nil nil against uh, Palace. Yeah, you know, I didn't think Palace played too badly. Uh, I thought they were all right. Um, Wan Bissaka is really coming into his own. Wan Bissaka. Mm-hmm. Um, He's uh he's only twenty as well. Yeah, yeah, he's been playing he, England under twenty ones. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a good player, and I think uh, just a little bit more experience to be fine. Um, all right, next up, Everton versus Cardiff. Uh, haven't got many stats. There wasn't many stats to do with this because Everton haven't played Cardiff either for a long time or at all in the top tier. Um, but all I've written is Gilfie Sigurdsson is class. He is. He, now that that team's being built around him. How many times over the past year and a half have I said to you, Gilfie Sigurdsson should be playing through the middle? 
Um, I can't put a number to it, yeah. but al- almost once a week. Yeah, uh, almost once. Every a week. time he played on the wing, I was like, he does not. That is not his position. And now he's playing through the middle. Like you say, he's having the team built around him. His goal was a tap in, but mm-hmm. his general play was incredible. He, d- he, had he the earned run the right of- to tap the ball into an empty net. Yeah, from his general oh, play. Oh, totally. Yeah, he, he had the run on his fellow countryman. Uh, I think it was Gunnarsson. Yeah, uh, had the run on him all game. I didn't think Cardiff were that bad, no. but Sigurdsson was so good in that position. He won everything. Um, he, he, the the thing with Sigurdsson is that he, he is the whole package in that number mm-hmm. ten spot. He can win the ball. Uh, like he's he's big and strong. He can he can run. Uh, he can pass. He can he scores goals. Scores goals. He's he's great at set pieces, um, and he's just like you, you don't necessarily need like a great striker. That's what I'm finding with Everton this season is mm-hmm. Torsen, who's going to pop up with maybe ten goals a season. Calvert Lewin, who's going to get probably like six to ten goals. Um, like if he plays Walcott up there or or Richarlison. Richarlison's got a few already this season, but I don't think he's a twenty goal player. He's no, gonna, no. Um, but Sigerson is going to get. I reckon he'll get at least fifteen goals this season. He's uh, and who who would you rather watch at the moment, Everton or Man United? Oh, Everton. Yeah, all day long, all day long. They're sat in sixth, I think, at the minute. Quietly um, building. Yeah, quietly building. I mean, they're five, obviously five points, five six points off uh, Arsenal. I think mm-hmm. who are in fifth. Um, the problem I thought with uh, Cardiff on Saturday was this every decision that went against them they just complained about and like I used to really like Harry Arter until he went to Cardiff and now I think he's a massive twat like he just complained about every decision that was that was given and I, I admit like the throwing that led to the Everton goal were, was a Cardiff throw mm-hmm. but you see those decisions given all the time yeah. they had enough time between I mean the throwing was halfway in Everton's half like they had enough time to get the ball from Everton between the throwing and the goal going in it was like poor defending poor like general positioning I thought by Cardiff um, and I just think that I, I hate seeing that like because their mind isn't on the game their mind is on their, their, I think Neil Warnock said go out win set pieces because that's how we're going to score mm-hmm and so every decision they've just complained at the referee and I'm glad actually I'm glad the referee has sort of had a big say in the game because I've felt like he took a lot of flack do you know what I'm really excited for Go on. the day when footballers realise that complaining to a referee after he's made a decision isn't going to change well, that I, decision I, uh, I've been listening to the Peter Crouch podcast and he was saying that one of the players that was really good at complaining at the referee and getting decisions was Alan Shearer um, and I can see why? It's why Glenn that Hoddle is. made him England captain. Yeah, I'm not surprised. But think about the. It wasn't him. It wasn't like his his complaining that got him the thing. It was his stature mm-hmm. in the game that got him. So if you if you're Harry Arter, who is right, I'm not being disrespectful, but is essentially a nobody in the Premier League. Like let's be real, he's had like three seasons in the Premier League, and he's been fine. Like he's been shipped off to Cardiff for a reason you're not going to win decisions but if you are an Henri or a Shearer or a Keane Roy Keane that is not Robbie Keane maybe we should name this podcast yeah ref to be fair I should be sent off for that uh, (laughs) Roy Keane Um, like you would never say that Um, 
But if you're someone like that, then you're probably a little bit more. It's, it's not. I'm not saying it's right, but you're probably a little bit more inclined to mm-hmm. then give yeah. the decision. Um, but if you're someone like Harry Arter, you're not. You're not going to get the decision. You know what I mean? Camarasa got a yellow card for for it in the second half, which was good. Um, it's nice to see like players getting punished mm-hmm. for that sort of complaining. The uh, only way to stamp it out, and yes, it ru- would ruin a game. But some someone yells at a ref. Yeah. yeah. Yellow, 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 yellow. But then the refs are probably told, uh, don't ruin the game. Well, Ooh, there we go. Nice little voice crack for yeah. you. Yeah. No, number two. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we, we talk a, a lot about other sports on this podcast and how football can sort of like slot into those other sports in terms of, and, and obviously like we've spoken about rugby before and actually I watched some rugby the other week it's not something that I generally watch that often who was on? Uh, Scotland oh in South Africa yeah yeah well you know the first like three or four weeks of the Premier League season there was like three or four red cards over the weekend bear in mind there's only six games a weekend yeah and now people are tackling properly yeah exactly the and also is uh, below the nipples below the nips yeah, yeah. but uh, you know what I like about what I liked about it was like the ref cam and mm-hmm. stuff like that I mean if you put a ref cam on I'm not saying like necessarily put the audio on but you'll be able to see this in a completely different way and there was obviously uh, lots of people were talking I think it was last Premier League weekend just before the break people were talking about like referees coming out and doing press conferences and stuff like that do you think that that would be of an advantage to the Premier League if the referees could come out and talk about some of the decisions during the game? Yes, they used to do it on Match of the Day occasionally. They'd speak they? to the ref. I seem to remember, like ten years ago. Um, I think if you had like a ref mic, like you do in rugby, I think people would be shocked at the language oh, used on a football field. Hundred um, percent. You've sat in the stands for rugby games, have you? Uh, yeah, but I was like, right. But did high. did you find the language that was used from the fans in general was uh, um, similar to what you found when, for example, when, when you're so at, at rugby, Wembley, you don't have home and away. Everybody just sits, yeah, as and where you can drink in the stand. Yeah, well, they're thinking about bringing that in, I think. Yeah. Um, no, it was all quite because in general, when you're live at a rugby match, you got no idea what's going on because obviously on the TV, all the decisions get explained because there's a lot of technicalities in rugby yeah. as to why you might get penalised. And obviously, if there's a big pile of bodies, you can't really, from like a hundred metres away, go, ah, yes, yeah. he, player number three was doing <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so that's something that they're trying to work on in rugby is communicating to the crowd as to what's what's going on yeah. on the pitch. Um, there was an incident actually over the weekend on the ref uh, on the referee Mike. You heard an England player shouting an obscen- uh, an obscenity yeah. at an Australian player, but it was like the only one throughout the game. And I think you know you're going to hear of it, but I think with football you'd be hearing like one a minute probably. Yeah. I think the other thing like is is it comes from the managers as well. I saw a clip of uh, my favourite manager ever, Steve McLaren. Um, that was a joke, by the way. Um, he was obviously his QPR manager now Mm -hmm. Uh, their right back scored I think and he was like fucking hell uh, what's he doing up there it was just like typical Steve McLaren you Mm -hmm. just scored your right back's just scored why are you complaining about his positioning Um, but like if the managers weren't doing that if the managers weren't swearing I mean it was caught on live TV you Mm -hmm. know what I mean so it's like I get you're in the you're in the heat of the moment and your language could, could be bad but I mean 
you got to keep it to a minimum. I think it it would be kept to a minimum if the referees were mic'd. Yeah, because um, I think as well. Sorry to interrupt, but like sponsors and stuff don't want to see that. Like if you're a Nike endorsed player, mm-hmm. you don't want to then be bad mouthing on the pitch because Nike will be like, well, you're not a good role model. Like people aren't going to buy our stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, completely agree. There's one crowning moment for me last year that springs to mind and it was Rooney playing for Everton and he didn't get a decision he just like unleashed a torrent of swear words at the ref and the ref just gave it back like swearing at yeah. him I can't remember what, his, what 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 ref it was he basically said like F off Wayne basically yeah. um, oh I remember that and I was like yeah I remember that like no wonder they swear like abuse you if you're doing it back yeah exactly um, back to that game though Everton are looking really good Um they have had like a they had a little blip when I can't believe when at the halfway point um, of the Premier League but they're looking decent are they going to mount some sort of uh, sixth place challenge um, yeah potentially if United don't improve then Everton will be looking at that spot going that's ours yeah I agree um, alright then next game West Ham versus Man City uh it's not really fair, is it? No. Uh, Man City are in- so good. Uh, a poor Man City. Yeah, I mean, before the game, they'd won all three visits to the London Stadium and won with uh, a 13 1 aggregate score. It's now 17 1, and they've won the last four. Um, it just looks so easy. They walked through the West Ham defence from start to finish. And. Uh, I mean, I have to say, last night, again, we're going to refer to last night, they drew 2-2 with Leon. Um, I watched that game instead of Man United because I'd rather watch paint rather than watch Man United. Um, but it's interesting how different they are in the Premier League to how, how they are in the mm-hmm. Champions League. They um, set up slightly. They only had one holding player on the pitch, didn't they? They only had... Yeah, he brought Delph on a little bit later. They had Fernandinho, but then they had Silva, Sterling, Sane and... Marez all starting yeah what I like about that is that Pep they needed a draw to go through and Pep was like you know what we're just going to go out and try and yeah. dip them and and I bet he does it in the last game as well mm-hmm. even though he might start I reckon Foden might get a start in the last yeah, Champions League yeah. game but I like that his mentality is we're going to go and smash this team that it is playing. nice as well like obviously they were they 3-0 up at half time yeah, and it was 3-0 up in the first like yeah, 10 minutes Foden or something. got loads of minutes in the second half, didn't he? I mean, he's not quite at the stage where he's like, right, I'm going to start Foden for this really important game, but he does give him minutes when yeah. he can, whereas he could just like just leave him on the bench. Yeah, I like that. Um, I mean, we've had this discussion before about is uh, would Foden be better off going out and getting minutes on loan or whatever but if he's still going to get some minutes in the Champions League, I mean, it's only mm-hmm. going to benefit. Yeah, I have to say... I watched uh, since you mentioned uh, Ndombele to us uh, a few few months ago. Uh, I've watched quite a lot of him um, for Leon because obviously it's all on BT. Um, and again, last night he was quality. He is uh, yeah, he'll he'll be in the Premier League in no time. He is uh, 
he's got everything in his mm-hmm. game and he's like the perfect even though he's a, probably he's a little bit more of an advanced midfielder than um, Fernandinho if he is asked to do that job he will mm-hmm. nail that job and he's, he's, got, uh, he's got a bit more creativity in his locker definitely definitely. I'm, obviously we're not saying that Fernandinho hasn't got creativity but Ndombele is unreal mm-hmm. he is unreal and he's unbelievably consistent as well both games against City he's played really well he's been playing well in the league as well um, he just sort of like controls the midfield and uh, I think that was maybe City's downfall last night was that only starting one holding midfielder against that midfield and obviously Fakir was playing and uh, Corne up front um, can't buy can't buy a goal in the league but scored three and two against City Um and I just think they struggled with that like Fakir and Dombele mm-hmm. thing in the midfield do you think Nabil Fakir will be in the Premier League at some point well he nearly went to Liverpool didn't he yeah um, won't be with Liverpool now cause I just don't know Shakiri. where he fits in any of the teams yeah he's a he's a really good player he plays well for, for Leon, but I think he plays well because he's sort of the main man mm-hmm. uh, him and Memphis uh, in that those attacking midfield positions. Have you seen that video of Memphis Depay? By the way, like he, what did what was his achievement over the weekend? Was it like his hundredth Leon appearance or something? And he's like released a video of him like smoking a cigar. Oh, he's a bell end. Yeah, couldn't do it Man United though. Um, back to Saturday. Um, obviously, City were unreal, but on the flip side, uh, West Ham weren't great. Um, however, they made a couple of good chances Michel Antonio was a, probably the bright spark in that West Ham team um, what do we think like West Ham are kind of like inconsistent we've we've spoken about them being mid-table but what needs to change for them what what do they need to go out and do we'll do a, we'll probably do a podcast on the January transfer window at some point mm-hmm. and what what each team needs but we should do something live as it counts down to the deadline yeah Ooh, although it's it's always an anti-climax isn't it oh, the, such an anti-climax um, yeah for me, do you think maybe they thought, hmm, Man City today, going to get shafted? But if you go in with that mentality, obviously you're playing Man City, but if you go in with a mentality of, you know what, we're playing Man City and like we're going to beat them, we're going to be the first team to beat them this season. I think the key to getting a result against City, you can't concede early, yeah. and they've conceded one early and then gone... I don't Shit. think I don't think it's conceding early. I think it's finding that player on that day who is the focal man. Mm-hmm. It changes every game. Okay, on Saturday you would argue it was Silver. Silver was quality most of the time. It is Silver. Let's be honest. But there's times where people will step up and they'll become that that player. A lot of the time last season it was De Bruyne, mm-hmm. um, Sane at times. Sterling's done it this season and last. So there's all of these like. You've, early on you've got to identify that player that is the focal point mm-hmm. um, whether teams can do that and managers Pellegrini just got it all wrong on yeah. Saturday I think he's, the way he set up was all wrong you can't in my opinion as much as I slate five at the back I think you can't play Man City without playing five at the back because their attacking players are so good and they've got as soon as you've got um, Aguero Sterling on one side Sarni on the other Walker and whoever's playing left back Mendy or he's out for a few weeks uh, so Delf and then you've got the midfield as well all running at you if you've got four at the back you are totally fucked Mm -hmm. totally fucked and I think 
as much as uh, Newcastle got slated when they played Man City this season and last about he kept them to two goals we kept them to two goals I mean it's paying dividends now because we're thir- 13th 14th in the league with uh, like half the goal difference of everyone else so I think it says a lot you need to defend that's obvious and you pick your opportunities I don't th- West Ham picked their opportunities on Saturday but by then it was way too late because they'd already left the door open so many times Um Funnily enough, Pep on Saturday and Raheem Sterling, in fact, came out in their post-match and said that um, they were poor in the game. Mm-hmm. They just won four um, nil. Do you think they were poor, or, or do you think they've got another gear to go to? Or I mean, if you go three nil up early on, you're probably gonna sit off. Realistically, they probably could have got double figures oh, if you're yeah. scoring three in fifteen minutes or whatever it was at the beginning of the game. Um, but they they didn't need to go all out because if you go all out for ninety minutes, then that massive chick game in Champions League two months down the line, they might run out of steam yeah, and get knocked out. So it's um I think you've got to think about it. Obviously, you want to win every game like four five nil, but when you're I think more for the teams that you're in in the Europa League like Arsenal, I think. Uh, You've got to think about the longevity of the season. If you mm-hmm. if you score two early goals, which is why I think the Arsenal thing is kind of interesting. We'll get onto it, but they're not scoring. They're not playing well in the first half. I think they're the only yeah. one or two teams that haven't led in the first half. Um, but I think it's interesting that um, like that Pep criticizes players when he knows how long the season's going to be. I mean. They've got they've got Champions League, Premier League, and uh, FA Cup still to play. They've gone out of the Carabao thing, so they've still got three competitions to play. They're going to be playing as another what twenty get twenty twenty two games or something in the Premier League. Another eight in the uh, another five in the Champions League, and then potentially another like six mm-hmm. in the. FA Cup it's a lot of yeah. games plus international breaks mm-hmm. so and a lot of their players unlike probably the teams lower down the league a lot of their players are going on international duty can you imagine the training pitch on international week at City yeah so yeah so Phil Foden yeah. oh, well even yeah. then he's playing for the under 21s under 21s um, alright like, let's oh, move on I then. expected to have Delft this week yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least Delft yeah. at least Delft um, Fulham versus Southampton finished 3-2 great game Ranieri's first game in charge but I want to start with Southampton uh, and more specifically Mark Hughes he's won three games in 21 at Southampton how long has he got left they lost last night in the Carabao Cup as well against Leicester they lost 6-5 in penalties Gabbiadini hit the bar in the last minute and then missed his penalty how it's long a difficult one isn't it because they're not playing they create chances and who who did I watch them again? When I watched them play Chelsea like a month or so ago, they should have been two or three nil up before yeah. Chelsea scored. And it's odd, isn't it? Because Mark Hughes was such a good striker. Like you'd think that his teams would be proficient in front of goal. Yeah. If there's one thing that he's going to ram home, but then I never feel like they they always concede silly goals. Yeah, defensively oh, 100%. and for me they don't have Premier League quality at centre half no definitely not well I've said that this game was a tale of two poor defensive teams really. yeah um, summed up by I would say the final goal for uh, Fulham which was uh, Wesley Hutt was Hood. what was he doing he 
he like was trying to shield the ball out of play and then the ball stopped moving and then all he had to do was put it in touch that's all mm-hmm. he had to do but he ended up sl- not slicing the ball but just passing the ball Sh- shit sorry I'm past the mic stand there um, passing the ball to um, to whoever it was that played the ball and great finish by Mitro horrendous defending and it was just tragic but I would say every goal that was conceded in that game was a defensive error yeah even the screamer from Armstrong was someone gave the ball away didn't yeah they? Um, Fulham are the only side in the top four tiers without a clean sheet and uh, Mitrovic scored they his off first. the bottom of the table or not yes yeah they're like 17th now or something I think oh, they're out the bottom. oh no they're not they're, ni- they're 19th it's aren't they t- yeah that'll be on goal difference yeah, yeah. Um, Fulham are the uh, sorry Mitrovic scored his first Premier League goal in 585 minutes first goal since September um, also more headed goals than any other player in the league this season how many is he on now is that 7 that's 7 Ooh. however ok <laughs> Yeah, I know. But Mitrovic, like you said before, his streak of not scoring has coincided with Fulham's bad run. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is no coincidence. He goes missing. And he doesn't put a shift in. He's lazy. Um... Ranieri described him as like one, one of, of the, the best, best in Europe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think that was just trying to big. Well, it worked, didn't it? Because he scored two goals. Well, it was post match. He said it. Oh, yeah, that shows how out of touch I am. Yeah, um, but, but I just I don't get it because I don't get this Mitrovic hype. When he was playing for Newcastle, he was widely criticised for being lazy. Mm-hmm. When he wasn't scoring for Fulham, not criticised at all. Why? Why is that? I don't get it. Well, if you look at their squad, who else is going to play up top? So he knows that he's going to walk into the team every week. Yeah, I mean, that is true. Uh, I just don't... I don't... I'm not getting the hype. I'm not getting the hype. Um, I've seen him play for two, three seasons now. Um, and he has moments of brilliance he has moments where he is one of the best strikers in Europe he has every attribute to be one of the top strikers in Europe mm-hmm. but his application and his level of commitment to the team is not there and that's what the, the issue I have his commit like his commitment level and the way that he acts after he scores goals or whatever that's what endeared him to Newcastle fans was the fact that he was like very passionate about it but when he was on the pitch, he didn't show that. Mm-hmm. And when he did, he went two-footed in on someone got sent off. You know what I mean? Like, it's just silly. He scored two decent goals on Saturday. He scored two decent goals on Saturday. But he needs to be more involved in like the link-up play and be involved when Fulham aren't scoring goals. When he's not scoring, he needs to be assisting or at least being involved in the build-up. And at the moment, he's not. Mm-hmm. And that's what the problem is. Um, Sessegnon's ball in for uh, Schürrle's goal was quality Um, again like you've said in the past uh, he's not a defender Uh, he played a little bit higher up the pitch on Saturday and he played really well Um, how long till he gets in the England full do you think he's a little bit more consistency in the Premier League yeah a little bit more consistency what I think he does offer is we don't have a left footed left winger yeah, that's true. So for me, but then who misses out? It's Rashford. Yeah, but 
Oh, not in the squad. No, though. yeah, not in, in, the, in the squad. squad yeah, oh, in the okay. squad. That's what I mean. Because at the moment, I mean, he could do. If you've got Sessegnon and Delph in the squad, then arguably you only need to take one specialist left back for a yeah. tournament. For yeah. a tournament. Um, I mean, he's 18, 18 19. Yeah. Like, keep he's him in the other the 21s. Let's not rush him in. Like, it's not like we're, we're lacking for players. No, that's true. Pushing for places. Well, um, but he could be an outside pick to make the squad for Euro 2020. I don't think he's an outside pick at all. At the moment. At the moment, yeah. At the moment, yeah. I think he's an outside pick for uh, Nations League. Okay. But I think he'll definitely be in the squad for... Do you know what would Euros. be interesting for the Nations League? Just on a quick one. We won't go off tangent for too long. <laughs> I'd argue you don't need a squad of 23 for two games. So can you imagine if it was like you only have to pick like 18 players? Yeah. Southgate, though, will pick... 23 players and he'll pick players that are good because they can play in multiple positions because it's Gareth Southgate um, Southampton play Man United in the late kickoff on Saturday uh, f- two questions firstly is Mark Hughes gone if they lose this game yes um, ok alright yeah <laughs> but then um, who's going to come in is it an Allardyce job Zinedine Zidane Zidane no. to Southampton. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, oh, I, I think it it's like a, David Moyes. I isn't thought it? it was a different club. I was. Not yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. high when I signed the contract. <laughs> um, less fr- less uh, French ac- accents, please, Josh. Um, Sorry. Yeah. And second question: uh, score prediction. Southampton at home. For me, if I'm Southampton, I'm looking at this game, going, "We could get a point I'll here." I'm licking my lips. Yeah. If I'm Mark Hughes. Uh, go on, score. One nil, Man United. It's gonna happen. One nil, Man United. Same. Next up, uh, Watford versus Liverpool. The last three o'clock kickoff. Uh, Watford have lost fifteen of their last seventeen Premier League games against sides starting the day in the top two, beating only two teams in that time. Who were they? Don't look at. Is it on here? Yeah, it is. Oh. I've no idea. Uh, it was Chelsea in 1999 mm-hmm. and Arsenal in 2017. Oh. Um, should Watford have had a penalty? Uh, yes. I agree. Yeah. Robertson on yes. Hughes. Changes the game, that. Changes the game. Because I thought Liverpool were very poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought that Ben Foster was brilliant. Yeah. He is probably one of the more yeah. unfortunate keepers of this generation because in if Joe Hart had yeah. But again, he had he came through at Man United and he never quite got the opportunities and then He came through uh sorry. <gasps> he came through in the Van der Sar era. Yeah. And the Fabian Bartes into Van der Sar. Yeah. And then Capello gave him a few a couple of caps early on and he made a couple of errors. Yes. Not like big errors, but he like he let goals in that arguably should have kept that out. Do you think, due to his form in the last couple of years for Watford and uh, West Brom, he was up before, wasn't he? Yes. I think so. Or am I thinking of someone else? No, I think he was. Um, do you think he has any chance of becoming the third choice keeper for England? Do you think he's a bit old? Is he mid-30s now? 
I, d- I don't know. It's a good, good question. Shout. Yeah, he's got a World Cup appearance. Yeah. Again. I. Oh, God. Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it would be one of those like small, smaller nations. He made a great save in that game, actually. He's, uh, you know what? He was. I thought he was. He had a really good game, and he was very unlucky at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, As a top keeper. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, no chance with Trent. Trent's free kick. No. Uh, quality free kick. See the angle of his run up. Yeah, and and it was weird because he. He like took his steps. I noticed this straight away. He took his steps at like a right angle to the ball, yeah. and then just took one big like sweep. It was almost, around. and then when he like stood by the ball and then like backed off, and that's what like goal kickers in rugby do. They don't just like wander away from the ball and look at it. They like do like they'll do like their thing where they like step back like four and then like yeah. cross two. They like do like a little hop, skip, and a jump. Thing. I suppose you always know where the like. Where the ball? I know that sounds yeah. stupid, but you always know you're not, like, that you're going to be. You always know like where you go. Yeah, you're not Pogba. Um, you you always know like that you're stood in pretty much exactly the same spot every time if you mm. do it like that. Um, Big presence of mind to tell Salah to jib. Yeah, t- like, this twen- is mine. he's twenty. He's twenty. This is mine. I think uh, again we've we've spoken about uh, Alexander Arnold before. I think personally, I think he's got so much talent uh, and. But until he not only develops his defensive, the defensive side of his game, but also sort of gets more experience in playing more games and just knowing like where to be on the pitch, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, I think he will become a top player. I know Ashley Cole uh, yesterday, I think, got released from LA Galaxy, and there's been a lot of talk about like how good he was defensively as well as attacking. Although I, I remember Sissoko absolutely burning him at St James's Park in his, on his debut. Uh, I'll never look at Ashley Cole the same. But uh, like how good he was defensively and going forward. Um, I just I think Trent can be that. I yeah. think he can be. Like as good as Ashley Cole, big statement. Probably, I think he can be as good, but the, those are the things that he needs to develop. Um, Henderson got a red card, both yellow cards. Yeah, correct decision. I've only seen the second challenge because they didn't yeah. have his first yellow. Yeah, stupid. And for me, it's just born out of frustration. Um, but they were. T- I think they were two 0 up at the time. Yeah, but then the last couple, like he didn't play for England in the international break and I feel like Henderson will think that he should be a nailed on starter for England because just because of you know I think he's he's very vocal he's an on-field leader then he's had that little niggle and he's not been picked for like yeah. a crucial game he's probably come back and gone like oh I've, again point to prove and he knew straight away didn't he yeah I think it was for me he he was the reason I thought that Liverpool was slow again mm-hmm. he didn't really push forward he was sideways and backwards passes as per usual with him um, I'll probably just get loads of people telling me oh he's got more forward passes than XYZ like what does he do with the ball he does f- fuck all really like and it's just again like you say it's just a stupid decision that he's made to go in and get that second yellow he's in the middle of the pitch mm-hmm. there's no need to make that tackle um, he should know better he's an experienced player he should know better and uh, arguably he's put Liverpool in a weakened position at a quite an important time of the season um, 
two games next week he's going to be out for the first one so you would assume he's going to come back in on Wednesday but I still think silly silly yeah. silly challenge um, yeah gen- generally Liverpool weren't that good uh, quite lucky sort of summed up by that third goal yeah Foster makes the save lands straight on Firmino's head goes I in. think there was a deflection that helped initially in the build up as well yes yeah uh, yeah I think there was uh, but big you, game. you could argue that they've earned their own luck yes you'd say uh, they, play, I mean they're still unbeaten to not still play unbeaten. well and win 3-0 that's what title challenges do um, big game at the weekend Sunday uh, Side Derby Ooh, Ooh, sorry I'm really both, tired today I don't we're know we're both yawning yeah uh, Side Derby on Sunday uh, Liverpool versus Everton score prediction uh, Liverpool win I just think at home they'll have too much and in general Everton don't turn up for Merseyside derbies that are played at Anfield. I think they've got a very poor record. Yeah, I think they do. Um, so Liverpool win. Yeah. By how much? Uh, by two goals, but both teams to score. 3-1. Three, 3-1. One. Three, one. Uh, I'm going to go for a score draw. Okay. Uh, ones each. I just think Everton will set up not to concede. Mm-hmm. I think they will, but I think they'll get one as well. Sigurdsson to score Sigurdsson in behind Tosin and then two banks for four yeah yeah essentially uh, Leicester play Watford quite an important game for both teams both um, teams not necessarily playing incredibly well at the minute this has just got one each about it for me I think I think Leicester will want it more ok 2-1 um, uh, late, co- late kick off on Saturday was Spurs versus Chelsea it finished 3-1 Uh the first goal for Spurs came from a free kick that mm-hmm. David Luiz gave away. I've not seen the foul, I'm afraid. This was another one where you've seen him not given. But do you think because it's David Luiz, the ref's yeah. gone, ah, it's David 100%. Luiz. I know what he's, he's like. He's been at fault for 63% of Chelsea's conceded goals this season. That's a crazy start. I think it's yeah. seven errors that is led to goals. They were on um, Football Daily that Kane just absolutely ran him ragged. Oh, yeah. He was poor. He was poor. Uh, it was a good header for, from Ali for the first goal. But at 1-1... He's got something like six goals in seven appearances against Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. He's got a great record against Chelsea. He's got a great... Shame, shame he... His heading game's underrated, I think, Deli Ali. He's not someone that you'd think he's an aerial threat, but he scores headers. I don't necessarily think he's played that well this season, but when he has scored, he's had a good game. Yeah. He contributes. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. I don't think as much as he has done. No, but then I think now he's not. He knows that sometimes he's not going to start. Whereas I think maybe last season, season before, he used to get a bit annoyed when he wasn't in the starting yeah. lineup. Do you think that for him to push on now, he needs to move? Yes. Or Spurs need to buy. Where Where would he go? Another English club or abroad? Either he probably wouldn't go abroad, but for uh, me, I think he'd be a really good player in the Italian league. I think he's got that sort of yeah. ability about him. I don't think he's quite a Real Madrid or Barcelona type player. I think if Zidane goes in at Man United, he is yes nailed on to go at United. Mm-hmm. Imagine Pogba, Fellaini, and Ali in the midfield. You love Fellaini. <laughs> I do. I, I really like Fellaini. I told you before. I told you before. No, I wouldn't be Fellaini, but like Pogba and Ali in that 
in that midfield quality Sanchez Lukaku I mean you don't really want to come up against that do you uh, no um, at 1-1 Hazard was f- tackled by it wasn't five. a tackle it was a foul it was a foul uh, well, it's from behind as well he's like nudged him over I think it's un- it's so unlucky because for Chelsea because that again that changes the game do you think he's just gone down a little bit theatrically yes and I yeah. think that's what and I think maybe his um, his sort of reputation mm-hmm. he's got a reputation for a couple of uh, yeah. dodgy penalty decisions in the past uh, but who else but Harry Kane stepped up um, he it's his 25th goal in London derby he's only one player more who is oh, that player it, yeah Stop looking at the questions, Anna. Well, why'd you send it to me then? <laughs> eh? You sent it to no, me. No, I know. Um, I think Ted, I knew that anyway. Teddy Sheringham has 32 goals in London derbies, yeah. which is quite impressive. Uh, he did play for Spurs and for West Ham. So you would expect that he would have quite so a good advantage. Good. Did you feel like David Luiz got out the way of the shot? Yes. Yeah. He turned his back on it. He was at fault, I would say, for all three goals. Because Kepper can't see the ball. And then it's past him, and because like Kepa doesn't even, I don't even, even think it was that good a strike by Kane. Yeah, it was like I was like, oh, that's gone in. But goal of the day, Son, yeah. what a goal! Fiftieth jo- goal for Spurs, smashed uh, Jorginho out the way, smashed Jorginho out the way, um, and Louise just didn't do anything. Uh, yeah, fiftieth goal for Spurs, underrated player. Oh, 100%. Really 100%. good player, Son. Uh, I want to talk about, though, something that we talked about before. Johnny, uh, when he was on a few weeks ago, didn't really necessarily agree with what I was saying, but it's the Kante versus Jorginho as a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little stat to back up what I'm saying. Uh, since joining Chelsea, N'Golo Kante has made more interceptions, 177, than any other player in the Premier League, while only Adrissa Gay, 310, has made more tackles than the Frenchman, 262. Do you think that Sarri is missing a trick by not playing Kante in that position? I think against teams where Chelsea are going to dominate possession, it's the right setup. Okay. But against Spurs, you either have to tweak it to make it a double pivot. Uh-huh. Because that's what what Kante does is he puts fires out. Yeah, and I and think he's quick. Sa- Sarri had said he should be scoring more goals. Yeah, he's not an attacking player though. What, but I don't understand. He is the best defensive midfielder in the last four years. France won the World Cup with him playing. As he a won the Premier League with Leicester. Yeah, he won the Premier League with, with Chelsea, Chelsea the year after. So when they won the World Cup last year, he was in an unbeaten team. Obviously this year, but not playing in that position. I think that he he has to play him there. He has to play him there. He's he's not he's not a goal in that scorer. four three three or as a four two three one. Uh, if he continues to play Kovacic, then he's not going to play him there because yeah. Kovacic can't play in behind the striker. Yeah, he's not that sort of player. I would say if he's playing Barkley, then he would play a four two three one. Mm-hmm. But you said to Barclay me the other day you didn't cheek. think that well either because either well, of them Bar- play there. Barkley's not like a number ten, but he can he can play in that position. Yeah, he's like a, he's an offensive central midfielder for me. Okay, he's got the defensive. So when they're defending, it can be four three three. When they're attacking, it can be four two three one. Yeah, but it showed against teams where they dominate the ball that works. Yeah, but they I think either Ian Wright or Danny Mills are saying why don't you switch them round? Why don't you play Kante in the middle? And have Jorginho yeah, I, that's on what I right think. centre mid because again against teams 
he can pick pockets then he doesn't have to dictate from the middle yeah he can pick where he dictates from I 100% agree with that um, he needs to be playing in in the middle and like does does Son outrun Kante for that third no. goal does uh, I think I can't remember what, the pass to Kane I can't remember who made it for Kane's goal mm-hmm. is that made if Kante is there no. um, I, I, I just think you don't uh, you don't try and change the position of probably the best midfielder in the world mm-hmm. at this moment in time and probably I would say the great uh, stick my neck out on the line greatest defensive midfielder since McAuley yeah I'll agree with that um, Kepa Arizabalaga saved uh, saved Chelsea a few times mm-hmm. could have been six or seven otherwise uh, Chelsea play Fulham on Sunday Chelsea win easy Chelsea win 2-0 yep yep uh, alright on to Sunday early kickoff on Sunday was Bournemouth versus Arsenal finished 2-1 to Arsenal uh, no Lacazette in the starting lineup, uh, but another disallowed goal this time uh, for Brooks uh, should have stood should have stood Difficult for the linesman because it is tight. And also, you sort of see why he hasn't given it because Mustafi is on the floor. Mm-hmm. And again, it's this thing of like, we spoke about it last week. You were talking about like where your feet are planted. Now, the problem is if Mustafi's on the floor, his feet are miles away. Like, yeah. in terms of. But then you'd argue his bottom's planted, so that could become the next thing. Okay. I, uh, yeah, it was harsh. Bournemouth should have been one 0 up, but I can see why it was given as offside. Mm-hmm. I have some, but again, if VAR's in, goals given. Yeah. Uh, what a finish though by Jefferson Lerma, goal of the season. I'd have been celebrating top off, even if it was yeah. for the wrong team. <laughs> I know you would have. Uh, since being promoted in the Premier League, uh, only Swansea have scored more own goals than Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swansea scored twelve. Bournemouth have scored seven. Um, it was a obviously a very unlucky mm-hmm. own goal, but I would say probably deserved for Arsenal. Yeah, on the basis of play. Um, King though with a brilliant equaliser, great move. Yeah, quality uh, finish. Yeah. But Arsenal hit on the counter again. I just think that 3-4-3 opens them up to being hit on the counter. I think he played the three at the back, though, because he played Kolasinac, and he doesn't Mm -hmm. trust Kolasinac to defend. Um, You know what? Rob Holden came out after the game and was saying that he feels a lot more comfortable in the back three, and I think Mm -hmm. that showed they're one central defender away from being title contenders. Okay. For me. Uh, They have a sort of Ferrari front and not quite a Nissan Micra back but sort of like a Fiat 500 back mm-hmm. for um, but Leno again made some outstanding yeah, really, saves really growing into being their number one yeah, isn't he definitely uh, and I would say probably is a deserved uh, second goal for Arsenal yes uh, Iwobi came on seconds later plays a brilliant ball through and it's played in for Aubameyang scores again mm-hmm. uh, but Later on in the game, Mustafi made a silly challenge on the edge of the box. Uh, what is the future for Mustafi in this Arsenal team? Do you think he'll still get played, or is he's he just lacking in common sense, isn't he? 
Yeah. Mm. How many national cups does he have? Mm. Many. I don't know. Let's have a look. We've got new Wi-Fi in the building. I don't know if I've told you. So it's like super fast now. So when we get to JB's tiny tip later on. Uh, I've already picked it, I think. Have you? What yeah. was uh, your tiny tip last week? Bolton to beat Millwall and we were winning until the 82nd minute. <laughs> we'll get to there anyway. 20 we'll international there. caps. Uh, 20. So yeah. I think obviously he's got Hummels and players like that ahead of him. It's hard because I think he'll be the first player to go. Okay. Not leave the club, but um, out, to of, be that out of that starting line. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth play Man City away on Saturday, three o'clock. I think it is two uh, or three nil to City. I'm gonna go. I think Bournemouth will get a goal. You know. Okay. Three one City. And another derby on Sunday. Arsenal versus Spurs. They were saying so. Spurs Chelsea. They were saying was a bigger derby than Arsenal Spurs. What do we think? Mm, in terms of pedigree of club or pedigree of heritage, just now. Um, arguably, because they're higher up in the league, but I think the North London derby is the London derby. Yeah, for me, I, I agree. I agree. So result, um, draw. Arsenal win. Two red cards. Yeah, two red cards. I'll go with that, yeah. Arsenal win, I'm going to go for. Uh, two. If Lacazette's back, 3-1. If he's okay. not, 2-1. Because I think he'll nick one. Uh, late kickoff on Sunday was Wolves versus Huddersfield. It finished 2-0 to Huddersfield. Wolves, before the game, this is pre-game, Wolves had scored a league low of 17% of the Premier League goals in the first half of games, 2 out of 12, while Huddersfield had scored a league low... 17% of theirs in the second half interesting stat um, pre-match at Molyneux I want to talk about first they have fireworks and fire on the side of the pitch yeah a little bit over the top it's a smacks of a little bit like they're trying to be bigger than they are yes uh, I mean yeah you got promoted from the championship as champions I get it if that happened at St James's Park the fans would be like what is going on mm-hmm. what are you doing um, and I think that's partly the reason why commentators and that have been like great atmosphere here at Wolves no you've just seen fire you like fire we are sort of throwing it back we got that fire I mean yeah yeah <laughs> Aaron Moy yeah I agree with what you said I feel he's one of those players that if he was the first person to training every day and the last person to leave that he could be really good. X-Man got, City, isn't he? He's got all the attributes. Um, I've written here, hit and miss player, flat as to deceive, but obviously played well at the weekend. He does have quality. He does. Uh, he's shown it, he showed it in the first chunk of games last season, mm-hmm. and that's when Huddersfield were playing really well. As soon as he went off the boil, or as soon as uh, he wasn't necessarily in the team, results started to dip. I think Huddersfield tick when he's ticking. Mm-hmm. Um, Munier can't buy a goal for love no money so it's up to someone like him to, to get some goals mm-hmm. um, two really good goals to be fair yeah uh, Wolves didn't have a shot on target in the first 45 minutes so they're not creating chances this time but very very close in the second half millimetres in fact mm-hmm. uh, Billin uh, cleared it off the line uh, love goal line technology 
Josh is just yawning his way yes. through. Yeah. Um, and I think what Goal Line technology has become is what VAR will become. Studio has just fallen down. I think um, you need some new sticky pads. Yeah, I need some. Oh, that's not up to us. Um, Congolo um, went down injured, and mm-hmm. Jimenez was played through. Um, this was quite. This quite an interesting debate that we're gonna. That I think will go on through time. Congolo has become inactive at that point. He's on the floor holding his leg, but Jimenez spots that and is technically still on side. Mm-hmm. Do we think that if Congolo is on the floor and inactive, then he should be discounted from that? I think because the game doesn't get stopped unless it's a head injury, they're still offside. But if it was a head injury, the game should be stopped. Does that make sense? Yeah, but what I'm saying is that if he's on the floor and injured, quote, mm-hmm. not not well, he's quite obviously like holding his knee, I think, when he was down he should be counted as an inactive player so shouldn't mm-hmm. count towards Jimenez being How outside. long had he been down? Uh, well, I, well, it had gone up the other end of the pitch and everyone had pulled out so a while. Yeah. Grey area. It's harsh, isn't it? Grey area. I think it's well harsh. Difficult. Um, Ruben Neves, okay. Um, no doubt he's going to be what probably is one of the best players in the world at some point in the future I don't think he'll be at Wolves necessarily for mm-hmm. his whole career but he didn't play too well on Saturday um, uh, on Sunday sorry he turned away for Moy's second goal uh, made the foul I think for uh, for that free kick as well mm-hmm. um, give me your opinion on Ruben Neves I think Wolves in general have done well to go this long before having a performance like this. Yeah. Um, I think that holds them in good stead going forward. I think he's probably one of those players uh, that's probably still adapting to the physicality of the Premier League. Um, He doesn't get as much time on the ball in the Premier League as he would have in the Championship. Also, the fact that... I think the Championship is probably more physical than the Premier League, but at the same time... I would say that he sort of will thrive under that because he's not a sort of like hustle bustle type of player but he does get time on the ball and if he's not people aren't going to go in because he's kind of like a luxury player he was definitely a luxury player in the championship I think people would be scared to go in and tackle him mm-hmm. um, because he is going to get decisions whereas I don't think it's necessarily like that in the Premier League I can see him at a City yeah I don't think it'll be too long before he makes that move. Uh, maybe even next summer. I don't think Wolves will be able to hold on to him. Uh, Wolves play Cardiff on Friday. You would expect it's away. Um, you would expect maybe a Wolves win, but I'm going to go for Cardiff. No, one nil. Yeah. I just think Cardiff are looking fairly good at home. Mm-hmm. And I think Wolves are, Wolves have not been playing well. As it well, they've been creating chances, just not putting them away, and they did not play well in the first half yeah. on Saturday. Maybe a bit of um, maybe a bit of complacency. They were so much better than everyone in the championship last season. Yeah. Um, the physicality will be taking toll on um, well, fitness. It, again, as well. all these players have started all thirteen games. Mm-hmm. What do you think the score's going to be on Friday? Um, just a one nil. It's a one niller for me. Two. Cardiff. 
yeah same uh, Huddersfield play Brighton should be a good one that to be fair good one no no <laughs> yeah nil nil no I'm going to go for uh, oh I was being serious 2-2 uh, you're going nil nil yeah yeah I'm going 2-2 two, two. I, I, no, I probably will be nil nil won't it got 14 minutes get this wrapped up no no it's all good yeah, it's all good it's all good yeah we thought we had to be out of the studio by a certain time but we don't today so it's all oh, good uh, Burnley versus Newcastle Monday Night Football yeah, yeah probably um, Newcastle have lost each of their last 10 games 10 Premier League games played on a Monday um, they've also I don't think they've ever played Burnley on a weekend they've either played the midweek or on a Monday uh, there was a half hour delay to kick off I think basically it was like the person that supervises the refs I think uh, I don't know what had happened to him got rushed to hospital seems like he's fine uh, but Get the fuck in there. 2-1 to Newcastle. Uh, Federico Fernandez. I want to talk about Federico Fernandez. Uh, deserved his goal for his season so far. Uh, bit of a lucky deflection. Um, have you seen any of these goals? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was uh, hoping that you were going to put like a oh, quality goal by Fernandez, and I'd be like, ah, I got deflected. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? Go on. Give me your opinion on Federico Fernandez. Was he? At Swansea or Spurs? No, that was Fazio that was at... Well, Fazio played for both, didn't he? Did he play for Spurs, then Swansea? Did he played for Swansea? No, I might have just made that up. No, I don't think he did. Um, Federico Fernandes, I think, is a great centre-half for Newcastle to have. I think he... He's balls to the wall, which I like in a centre-half. He's Uh prepared to do the, the dirty stuff. By that, I don't mean get sent off for a horror tackle. I mean, like... Uh ugly things go up for headers throw yourself in front of shots that sort of thing yeah but then he's also he's quite good on the ball as well yeah uh, so he's obviously you wouldn't say that he's a Rolls Royce of a centre half but he's like you know he's a he's a good value for money yeah he's like half. I'd say he's a Land Rover yeah if I was going to compare, compare him with a car I'd say he was a Land Rover um, but like a second hand Land Rover so he's not like brand spanking yeah he's new, like a Land Rover def- he's a Land Rover defender yeah quite literally <laughs> um, love that Burnley were reduced to long shots for quite a, quite a lot of the game uh, to be fair uh, and that was proven like after the first goal all they had was long shots really Dubravka I think saved one on his chest which was quite interesting but the second goal uh, brilliant ball in by Matt Ritchie and captain for the night Kieran Clark with a have you slated header. him previously who Kieran Clark say so he's not good enough for the Premier League Um yeah, probably. I I don't necessarily <laughs> that think, sheepish grin. No, but I don't think he is. I don't think he's consistent enough to play in the Premier League regularly. Um, however, he will have games like he did on Monday, where he's re- also tactical masterclass by Benitez playing three at the back. Um, he nine million quid that back three cost nine million quid. Mm-hmm. He is protecting in a back three, and you know what? It was like the perfect Kieran Clark. He can jump in, make tackles. And if he misses a tackle, he's got two other players there to sort him out. Federico Fernandez again, brilliant at making tackles and his distribution is really good. But Fabian Cher has been, uh, I think, has been a revelation in that back four. Fernandez has been, as I said, maybe like three games in, best signing of the Benitez era. Mm-hmm. I think I said it on the first podcast. I'll stand by that. But Fabian Cher, if he made a pass on Saturday to or from the right back position 
over to Matt Ritchie on the left. If Van Dijk had played that pass, we, he would have he would have been queen or something. Well, he plays for an international side that are ranked in the top ten in the world. Yeah, and he plays regularly for Switzerland as well. Mm-hmm. He is a he is a really good defender. He maybe not a really good defender, but a really good footballer. Footballer, yeah. Um, he's better in a back uh, in a back three than he is in a back uh, in a back two. I don't think he starts for Switzerland at the moment. I think he was injured over the break. I think okay, the mark, so that's why he didn't play. So they've got those but, two younger lads that have been starting. Yeah, he played in the World Cup though. He did he played in the World Cup. Um, sharing is caring but more poor defending from Burnley I got a grin out of that I'm taking that <laughs> uh, more poor defending from Burnley um, I just you know what I watched because obviously we were playing football on Monday so we missed quite a lot of the game but uh, when I got back and I was watching it and then I uh, and I watched the highlights uh, like extended highlights Burnley's defence were all over the place if every time we went we, we didn't attack a lot I have to admit maybe in the first half the ball was in the in the middle third quite a lot and Key was quality in that middle third again but as soon as it went into Burnley's final third you know we looked like we were going to score every time and it wasn't because mm-hmm. necessarily we looked good but Burnley's defence was shaky as hell don't take this the wrong way, and I don't mean it as an offence to gonna Newcastle. There's going to be a fight. Um, if, if the podcast goes off, it's going to be Well, it's all right. We've Josh. been in plenty of fights this week already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is true. Hard man. Not with each hard other. Hard men, not, not with each other, I have to, I have to say that. Hard men, us. Yeah. Um, if you are confident in your defensive capability, you will be confident about keeping a clean sheet against Newcastle. Yes. I would, no, I'll I'll agree with that because we don't have a we don't have a striker that is going to bag you fifteen goals a season. Mm-hmm. Rondon is a big brute force and was quality before the break. Mm-hmm. However, is he going to score fifteen goals a season? No, probably not. No. Um, so I would say I would say that that is to Burnley's advantage, but they just looked so. It wasn't that they were like they didn't look sure of what they were doing, but because as we know, Deitch, if there's anything that his players know, it's their job. But they just didn't look confident. They didn't like believe in themselves. They knew what they were supposed to be doing, but they were just like, uh, right, should I go for this header or like, am I am I going to win this header? And they just looked sort of disjointed a lot of the time in the back four. I think Loughton just took a step forward for the second goal and uh, just went straight over his head mm-hmm. and if he just stayed where he was he wins that header um, but the big thing about this game was Matt Ritchie uh, Burnley's goal was great good header but the big thing was Matt Ritchie's miss at the start of the second half what a miss I've not seen this oh it was bad. was it harder it was to miss it was harder to miss he was like a yard out and he put it inside netting from what sort of an angle from like he should have scored okay he should have scored watch watch it you'll see uh, Sterling missed I would say probably the worst one uh, uh, at the same end in the same stadium um, brilliant play by Yedlin again shaky shaky defending Yedlin going forward is class mm-hmm. defensively so do you think that shit. sort of back three back five thing suits him as well 
Yeah, but we don't. But it doesn't suit. Richie played at left wing back because Dummett okay. got injured on it national duty. Dummett doesn't want to play left He's a wing, wing back because arguably Dummett is a centre back playing at left back. Yeah, uh, Kennedy doesn't want to play there, as proven. Because if Rafa trusted Kennedy to play at left wing back, he would have played him at left yeah, wing back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but instead, he started him. I think he started him on right wing. On okay. the right wing, because um, we played like five four one, and Perez started on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, which can become 3-4-3 three, three in attack yeah exactly uh, and that means that Perez can slot into the middle where mm-hmm. he's a bit better but again Key was was quality uh, I think he was the one that played Hosselu through who when he hit the post uh, I would say just again that Newcastle have played played generally really well I don't know how we didn't win the game by more mm-hmm. I have to say but Burnley also had their chances but I think 2-1 was a fair outcome uh, and we take on West Ham in, at three on Saturday. Uh, I'll be backing you for another win. You know, you I really just think you're the wind in your sails. Go on, result. Just a one, one nil. One nil. Uh, I'm gonna go for. <sighs> if we can keep Arnautovic quiet, I think we win. Mm-hmm. And Rafa has um, Rafa has form for keeping their key players quiet. I'm gonna. Because again, uh, Felipe Anderson was quiet on Saturday. I don't remember him doing anything. That's even if he played. But I don't remember him doing anything. Um, I'm going to go for Newcastle. My heart says that we're going to win it. I'm going to go for a win. Uh, 2-1. Mm-hmm. Hosselu, brace. And Burnley play Crystal Palace away on Saturday. More doom and gloom. Zaha will be licking his lips at that yeah, Burnley defence. 2-0 Palace if Zaha gets on the score sheet. Yeah, 2-0 Palace. All right, so a couple of weeks ago we started our all-time uh, our all-time teams for our teams. So oh, I've not Newcastle actually read yours, so I'm going to click Bolton. off it. So, uh, Josh... Your all-time Premier League Bolton midfield. Midfield. Go so, I've gone for a sort of a a middle three. Okay. But it could be a four-three-three. It could be a four-five-one. It could be a four-two-three-one. Okay. One. So you've got three midfielders to t- talk. To yeah, to talk okay. about because I didn't just want to talk about one person next time we do it. <laughs> Ke- so, Kevin so, Davis. Yeah. Yeah, because there's not much to say yeah. about him. <laughs> um, so the first player I've gone for in my middle three is Kevin Nolan yes absolute legend Bolton legend played for us for 10 years yeah from 1999 to 2009 296 goal uh, games 296 goals I think we scored that in our history (laughs) let alone Uh, and 40 goals and I think I might have got this wrong but I think he scored on our when we came into the Premier League when I was a fan yeah. For the when you were a time. fan, are you not a fan anymore? No, I I'd just become a fan, oh, okay. which coincided with us being in the Premier League. I believe he scored on the opening, yeah, uh, on the opening. He scored two on the opening day of the season against Leicester City because we won five nil and we're top of the league. Quality. And I thought we're going to win the league, <laughs> but we did. weren't. Uh, club captain for a long long time. Yeah. As well, so he's won. Second one is uh, Gary Speed. Yes. Who I've put in legend. just because what a legend. Legend. What a legend. You know, seven years, to the, seven years yesterday since he uh, passed away. Mm. That made me sad when sad that happened. 
Um, he was only at Bolton for four years, but 121 games, 14 goals. He's just an absolute. He was a quality footballer, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, n- not like the most technically gifted or like the most individually brilliant player, yeah. but just like solid boss. You, you'd you'd uh, you'd bet your life savings on him playing yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, that yeah. sort of player. So they'd sort of be like the double pivot. And then yeah. just in front of them, there's only one person that you can go for. I know who it and is. And that is JJ. so good they named him twice, <laughs> JJ Okocha. Although having done my research for this, he came out when we got relegated in the press to say that his time at the club had been a waste of time because <laughs> they, cause they hadn't built on like the success of the time when yeah. he was there. Again, he was only at Bolton for four years, 124 games, 14 goals, captain for two of those years as well. Uh, captained us to the League Cup final. Um, we got him from PSG for free. Wow. Yeah. Decent bit of business. So that's my uh, that's my three in the middle. Wow. So I've gone for four in the middle for mm-hmm. my Newcastle, uh, for my Newcastle 11. Uh, four in the middle. Uh, well, four midfielders. First of all, I've gone for David Ginola on the left wing. Uh, seven goals in 75 games, but was in the 96 FIFA 11 whilst playing for Newcastle. Uh, went on to win uh, Player of the Year in 98-99 while at Spurs. And the thing I will always remember, that goal against Man United, cuts in on his right, bang. Every goal that he scored was absolute quality. So Ginola on the left wing. Uh, my trumpet playing pal Novi Solano on the right wing uh, 289 appearances 46 goals 11 assists they all from free kicks those it goals. wouldn't surprise me if they if they were uh, absolute cult hero uh, in, in, in Newcastle uh, he had the right foot he, right foot of a god I would say second only to David Beckham in terms of what he did and also the fucking soundest person ever to, Didn't he used play. to ring Bobby Robson up and play him happy birthday on his trumpet? Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. But the story I always remember, Jimmy and Genius told it. Day before we played Sunderland away, they're in the hotel room. Jimmy and Genius is falling asleep. And uh, suddenly he's like this trumpet playing. And he, w- he used to room with Nobby Solano. He wakes up, Nobby Solano's there with his trumpet, sat on the end of his bed with his music stand up and like blowing <laughs> through some tunes on his trumpet day before the derby at like 11pm love it Great. genius just being like what yeah. you do no, Nobby Solano absolute genius player um, alright in the middle I have also gone for Gary Speed um, so I think these teams can never play each other no I wish they could though um, they could play each other on like FIFA um, 257 games for Newcastle 34 goals 87 Wales Cups 9 goals universally loved and adored in the northeast, um, and described by like many many people as like the ultimate professional. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a just a legend. I can, yeah, no, nothing really more that we can say about him. Um, scored some crucial goals at crucial times as well for Newcastle as well. Consummate professional, unlike maybe my um, my next pick, who is. I would say is probably the most controversial we're going to get mm-hmm. in these 11s um, and I've gone for Hatton Ben Arthur 14 goals 16 assists in 86 appearances the most technically 
gifted and exciting Newcastle player that I've seen play in the last uh, probably 15 years yeah I'd probably um, agree with that you know every goal he scored was a was a worldie every goal that goal against Bolton was class but the goal against Blackburn which was, I mean, it was very probably similar, slightly easier to do because it was against Bolton yeah well, that's true I think he was uh, I think he was like third in the Puskas award for uh-huh. the goal against Blackburn he's ran through everyone mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it go on YouTube watch it it was unbelievable I was in the car on the way back from uh, holiday when I was listening to it on the radio and the commentator would just went mental at the end I was like wow it must have been amazing I remember getting home watching it and thinking fuck me that's incredible he was just in the goal again Steph Fulham he cuts in on his left and curls it into the top corner um, the goal against uh, Aston Villa where he cuts in onto his right foot and rifles it into the top corner like both feet but it's just a shame that well firstly it was a shame that Pardew was the manager of the ta- at the time imagine Ben Arthur in this team now he is that Wilfred Zaha that we need in the team now I just would love to see him under someone like Benitez he would just mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily saying that Benitez would give him like the creative freedom to go and do whatever he wanted but um, my god he would have a much better platform than he did under yeah. Pardew I would say yeah. and also Benitez is a great man like good at man management not mm-hmm. a great man manager but like he looks after his players and so I think Ben Arthur would be happy so they're my four Ginola on the left Solano on the right Speed holding and then Ben Arthur just in front you do like 4-4-2 don't you I love a 4-4-2 yeah love a 4-4-2 so last week's question that we put out to everyone was uh, our England eleven in 2020, starting of starting of Euro 2020. The first game, yeah. Um, This was quite an interesting one because uh, I went uh, for a few players that I didn't necessarily think of when we were talking about this last week, Um, but my cousin uh, went for like Pickford, Trent, Maguire, Stone, Shaw. Uh, Henderson he's got in there Ali's got in there but go on Josh tell me about but he he, he led me on to one person who I forgot about who is has made mine but I want you to go are you going to finish that team or not what Matthew's team the one that you're reading out just because like yeah Pickford uh, Trent Maguire Stone Shaw Oxlade Chamberlain Henderson Ali Sancho Kane Sterling mm-hmm. yeah would you like mine? Yes. So mine, I've gone Pickford in goal. Yeah. And then with my back four, it was... What formation have you gone? 4-3-3? Four, 4-3-3 three, three. Four, three, three that is adaptable into 4-2-3-1. Yeah, mine's the same. Um, for my back four, there were six players I had to narrow it down into. And I've gone... From? F- from, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about me. Yeah, it's all right. No we're, we're not trained broadcasters. So okay. right back, I've gone... Kyle Walker yeah because at centre half I'm playing Stones yeah and I think combinations are a big thing yeah big thing in international football if you can take take some bits from teams so that's why I've gone for Maguire and Chilwell yeah and I also feel like I loved seeing Stones and Gomez play together but my big worry with those two playing together is someone could bully them yeah, a big centre forward could bully those two, 
Uh, whereas for me, Gomez can cover both of those players. It's incredibly harsh on Joe Gomez. Yeah, no, he I, is a he I'm is a stellar centre half in the making. But I just think he can cover both Stones and Maguire, and I feel like Maguire offers a lot from set pieces. Like England's set pieces are built around him, basically. Yeah. Lump it to the back post, and uh, Maguire head it back across, yeah. basically. And then I think Chilwell's really, really sort of established himself in the last four games. He's, you'd argue he's been a bit lucky that he's not had. Uh, that much competition on match days because of injuries, but he's taken those chances and he's a, you know, he's not a he's not a big name, but he's putting in big performances. And at the end of the day, the big performances are more important than um, than the big name. Yeah. Uh, and then, so my two, I've gone for Henderson because I think he he is a big big influence on the pitch for England. He's a big voice. He's a leader on the pitch, even though he's not captain. Um, and he puts in a shift and I think the change of system suits how he plays yeah. and next to him I know you might disagree with me here but I've gone for Winks okay. because I think if he gets game time he's the one player that England have that Southgate is willing to pick that can keep the ball yeah. but not just keep the ball by passing it backwards and sideways uh, he's got he's got vision he's he's quite a classy central midfield player and then I've gone for Deli Ali. Yeah. Because I think the key to getting the best out of Kane is having Ali fit and firing as well because they've got a club link, again, yeah. combinations. And then on the right, I've gone for Sterling. Yeah. And on the left, I've gone for Rashford. But Sancho is going to be running him really, really, really close. And then Kane up top. And then Kane up top. Interesting. Because mine is very, very similar. I've also gone Pickford, Walker, Stones, Maguire, Chilwell. In the middle, I've gone Henderson, and my player to for the turnover is Oxley Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the more he plays as centre mid, and the more he plays with Henderson at Liverpool, you were talking about combinations. The more that that happens, he was in my thinking. He just hasn't played for so long that I was like just a bit reluctant. Yeah. And I know it's in for 2020, but yeah. he's not back for, like until next season, so it's a bit. Yeah, uh, I've gone for Ali as that third mm-hmm. centre mid, and so he would be the one that pushes forward when we go uh, into a 4-2-3-1. I've gone for Sterling on the right and Kane up front, similar. And now, what? So, if I'm thinking about who I would play. Mm-hmm. I would play Sancho. Okay. But I think Rashford will start. Mm-hmm. So I would play Sancho, but I think Rashford will start. That was an interesting question, though, because this bodes well, bearing in mind that, I mean, our teams are firstly quite similar, and it's been a while since we've been able to pick an England I've got some more to read out as well. But also, if we think about how much game time these players are going to get together mm-hmm. before 20, Euro 2020, then it's it's quite exciting that they should be able to I mean I think Maguire will probably move on from Leicester before 2020 so that might be a little link gone block your front door Ollie's going to be coming to uh, barge it down (laughs) yeah go on so uh, first one can give a little shout out to these people my mate from school Robbie Kingston has gone for uh, Pickford he's a stalwart Fulham fan so uh, he's had to put up with a lot lately yeah, bless him. Uh, Pickford in goal, uh, back four of Alexander Arnold, Gomez, Stones, and Chilwell, and then he's gone for Winks, Delph, and Ali. 
in the middle, and then yeah. Sterling Kane and Sancho up top. Okay, interesting. Uh, Mikey Merton, shout out to him. He's gone for a 4-3-3 with Pickford in goal, Alexander-Arnold, Gomez, Stones and Chilwell at the back. Dyer, Winks and Ali in the middle. Blech. Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer. I- uh, yeah. Sorry, Mikey, mate. Did, can't agree with that. <laughs> uh, and then he's gone for Sancho, Kane and Rashford. No Sterling? No Sterling. Why did you bother reading that one out? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Mikey, Sorry, mate. mate. Um, uh, and then... Uh, who's that? Oh, my brother's. Shout what? out to me, bro. Came to Wembley with me last week. Provided me with the... Uh, I was his second choice to After- go with him. Second choice. Yeah, he asked someone else uh, before yeah, me. I couldn't go, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Uh, I remember that time he came to stay, and you all said, "Can Sam stay?" And you go. Yeah. I was like, well. cheers, boys. Throwback. Uh, Pickford in goal. <laughs> Alexander Arnold right back. Gomez and Stone centre half. Sessegnon at left back. Oh. Contentious call. No, not a left back. Uh, midfield three of Henderson, Barkley, and Ali. Attacking this Attacking, team, yeah, bloody hell. and then Sterling Kane and Rashford up front. I wouldn't trust Cessna at left back. No, uh, Jorginho, mm-hmm. our good friend Joey, uh, he will be on the podcast soon. I promise. He's uh, semi-famous between uh, with our Jaff Pod followers, uh, but he's uh, he hasn't named his eleven. But players that he thinks will be in in there: Sancho, Ford, and. Uh, Reese Nelson we haven't mentioned mm-hmm. uh, and Sessegnon and not so obvious uh, but older players like Callum Wilson he thinks Cook will be in there Solanke and uh, Brewster mm-hmm. I don't think Brewster will make it signed him on loan actually did you for on, FIFA, on yeah. FIFA yeah he's just a bit little just a bit little on I don't FIFA. think I don't I don't think he'll make it yet no he's too one young. day one day one day uh, and then classic Elliot Tut names uh, all Middlesbrough uh, English 11 and then told us to shag him which I'm not going to do um, so my question this week you changed it from yesterday I did yeah because I felt like we had to do this topical we'll do, I, we'll, I picked my favourite celebration so now I'm no, like well we'll do favourite celebration at some okay. point but after Richie's miss on Monday uh, what is the worst miss that you've ever seen? There are some pretty bad there ones. Are. Going. And what we want, what I want is, if uh, can you tweet videos of these of uh, these misses in, or comment with the links on Instagram, or text us, or whatever. But we want to see all of these goals because we might not necessarily have seen them before. Mm-hmm. So fire them in. Uh, I, I have an idea of the the one that I want, but it it's not a miss for. Um, like the normal reason of just missing the target but we'll get onto it next week uh, it's super interesting but I love it I love it uh, okay last piece of business am I right? yes JB's tiny tip for this week so I'd like some odds for Southampton to beat Man United okay let me just get into the app then we were so close on so Saturday. go on so tell me about Bolton then just the problem is we up. don't we create chances but defensively we're just abysmal. Was it a draw? Yeah, we won all against Millwall. Um we're starting to get a little bit of drift in the bottom through in the bottom three now, which is depressing. That is depressing. Yeah. Uh so Southampton to beat Manchester United is sixteen to five. Oh, it's not as good odds as I thought it would be. Yeah, go on, we'll go with that. So four pound twenty if we uh Yeah. If we get it right, that's placed. 
Okay, so we've got double game week next week. Uh, so there's going to be two podcasts next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully one on Monday. I know this one's a little bit late this week, but we were hoping to have a guest on. It didn't work out. Um, it will it will happen soon though. So hopefully one on Monday and then one on Thursday. Possibly we'll see when we can fit it in. Uh, so many games coming up over the festive period. Can't wait. Anything? Any other business? I don't think so. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget to tweet it in at JaffPod, Instagram in at JaffPod, hashtag JaffPod, uh, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye.